listen, let's pray this morning. Father, we give you praise with much thanksgiving. You're so gracious. You're so kind and you are so good. And we give you praise with much thanksgiving. You are worthy of the praise. You are worthy of our obedience. You are worthy of our adoration. You are worthy of us living a submitted and holy life. And we just declare that you are worthy. And we thank you for Jesus. Thank God for Jesus. You said that it was to your glory that you wanted him to go to the cross and to endure all that he endured to be able to snatch back the dominion that Satan had over the people of God to cause us to walk in victory. And for that, we say thank you. And we say thank you for the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, come and do what you do. Come and illuminate our eyes. Come and open our ears. Come on, come and pull the grossness off of our heart so that we can see the things that have been freely given to us. Now, Father, you said that anytime we teach the word that it would go forth with signs and miracles following. And so we put a demand on that promise today. We declare that today someone's going to get set free. Mm. Today someone is going to mm. get delivered. Today someone is going to experience breakthrough. Someone sitting on their bed, someone sitting at their coffee table, someone sitting drinking coffee, someone sitting in their car. They're going to experience you in a breakthrough way today and we believe we receive it in Jesus' name. I, this is the year of release. It is. So you ought to be expecting that every single time we meet, every single time you pray, every single time you go to prayer, every time you see a declaration on the page that you are experiencing release. Release of what? Release of everything that doesn't belong mm -hmm. to you. Every identity, every thought, every lie that doesn't belong to you and released into the goodness God has for you. Declare this, say, this <coughs> is my season of release. This is my season this of release. This is my season of release. Now we're going to be talking, Pastor Ed was going to recap, but I want to remind you of this because I want you to put a demand on it because faith works where there's a demand. We say all the time at Fellowship of Champions that faith starts where? The where the will, will of God, God is known. Last Sunday at the end of the broadcast, God gave us a word regarding release. And he said to us, we were in a five to one season. Praise God for a five to one season. He said, listen here. He said, you're going to do in a year what you is previously taking you five years to do. I don't know about you, but that made me so excited that you're going to think about the progress for those of you who feel like you've messed up, for those of you who feel like you've been left behind, for those of you who feel like you're not on track. You're in a season, we're in a season where literally God has the wind of acceleration in your back. And if you obey him and if you do what he's telling you to do, you're literally going to experience in one year what you used to experience in five, but then it got, better. it got better. It got better. Tell your neighbor, say, it got better. It got better, it got better because I then said, you're going to experience in a day. And as soon as I heard myself say mm -hmm. it, I said, you're going to experience in a day what it usually took you five years to say it. And I was about to correct it. And the Holy Spirit said, don't correct it. Release your faith for that. See, because the Bible tells us in Ephesians 3.20 that God wants to do exceeding abundantly mm -hmm. above all that we can ask or think. So we get excited about five to one as in doing what we would do in one year in five and God says no but let me one up you yeah. because if you will believe if you will believe tell your neighbor say if you will believe I know it sounds crazy but if you will believe you will literally see God do things in a day that it used to take five years to be accomplished. And I love what Rosie Rogers says. She says, listen, she says, I just say out loud five to one. Mm -hmm. Every time I hear I can't do something because it's big, I hear I, I say out loud, 
five to one. This is your five to one season. Why am I telling you this up front? Because we're talking about power in the name of Jesus. Mm -hmm. I want your faith stare. It's not going to take you five years to get healed. It's not going to take you five years to get the financial breakthrough. It's not going to get you take you five years to restore the marriage. It's not going to take you. You may have been traumatized your whole life, but it's not going to take you five years to walk in peace. You're in a new season. Step in. Amen. Amen. Listen, there is power in the name of Jesus. Amen. There is power in that name. And last week, uh, we actually got to some of our points, uh, about half, half of them. them, about half of them. We did a good job. We got a little excited, but we got to half of them. And that was good because then people could just spend this week just, just thinking about those. Mm-hmm. It was so much in all of those uh, points and then just in what the what the Holy Spirit revealed to us about how he wants to accelerate us. Yes. Um, it's just an awesome time to, to be a part of the body. Yes. If you're a part of the body that is experienced experiencing this thing that God is doing where he's talking about harvesting. He's talking about releasing. Uh, and we say all the time, it's not just about him releasing stuff to you. It's about a season of us releasing some stuff. Yeah, It ain't going to take you five years to get over heartbreak no more. Come on. It ain't going to take you five years to get over disappointment. Come on. It ain't going to take you five years to rebuild relationships that, that the Lord has told you to rebuild. So we're going to release some stuff out of our life so he can release some stuff into you. Yes. We talked about last week about this idea of giving up our mourning, uh, you know, our sadness, our depression, and that he'll give us joy. And so it is the great year of the release. It yes. is our great year of harvest. It yes. is our season of yes. harvest. And so we're going to start off, just recap real quick, because we want to get to the last five. Uh, we, 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 But we want to just recap real quick and just look at the two scriptures that we've started with the last two weeks. That kind of been our foundational scripture. Uh, the first one is in Matthew chapter uh, 28. Uh, verse 16 through 20. And it says, Jesus is talking and he says, now the 11 disciples went to Galilee uh, to the mountain, uh, which Jesus had had designated. It says, and they saw him, the disciples saw Jesus. They worshiped him, but some, that means they were all there, but they didn't all have the same interpretation. They didn't all have the same expectation. Yes. It says some doubted that it was really he. The next verse then says, Jesus came up and said to them, he says, all authority, all power of absolute rule in heaven and on earth has been given to me. In other words, I possess any power you think there is, it is subject to me. I have a whatever, however great the power is. I am more powerful than that that you yeah, think. Yeah, that's So good. you may be thinking that some problem is really, really big. Mm-hmm. Jesus is bigger than the problem. Yes, he is. Uh, and so the Bible then says after that, he says to them, he says, so I want you to go. He says, and in my authority, in other words, in my name, he says, I want you to make disciples of all the nations. Now that word disciples is an important word there because mm-hmm. this isn't, he didn't, he didn't say make church members. Come on. He didn't even say make church partners. He said, I want you to make disciples. That word disciple is the word to be disciplined. He said, I want you to make people who are disciplined in what? In understanding my name and the authority that goes with my name. He says, go all throughout the world. He says, and make disciples of all the nations. He says, help the people to do what? To learn about me. In other words, not just that I'm Jesus, I'm Mary's baby. Not that I'm just Jesus, uh, the one that that did a couple of miracles. He said, let them know I am the one that you read about. 
Right. I, I, I am the one who, who John the Baptist says uh, he is not worthy to stoop down in the mud and lace my shoes. I am he. I am the one whom when the when the heavens open, the people heard, this is my beloved son in whom I will please. Mm -hmm. He says, teach them that. Teach them to learn of me. And I like the second one, to believe in me. Mm -hmm. He says, and that last one we talk about all the time, obey my words. To obey my words. And that was so good because last week you talked about that God was giving us clear paths. And I was saying that that's great. He's giving us clear paths, but obedience is our vehicle. Yes. You know, somebody can give you a clear destination, but if you don't have a mode of transportation to get you there, then it doesn't matter about a clear path. And so together we was like, that's exactly right. He's opened these clear paths. Now, what we better do is get on the, the car or the train or the plane of obedience so we can be our mode of transportation. And, you know, if you think about it, that's one of the reasons that a lot of people feel a lot of pressure right now to get out of the will of God, to disconnect from the church, to get lax is because really without obedience, none of these promises can come to pass. Right. The other thing that I think is so important about the word disciple is that Jesus wasn't the only person who had disciples. Sure. Even John had disciples. But let's take something practical. If you were going to become a disciple of LeBron James. The goal would be that your game would look like his game. Right, right. And so when Jesus is inviting us into discipleship, he's not inviting us into a world where we're just fans of him. He's inviting us to learn how to move like he moves, how to respond to the father, not to respond to the father the way that he does and to respond to life the way that he does. Not just to sit back and clap, but to get in the game and use our authority. Yeah. And, 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 and the authority part is the key. But the way that you access that authority is to by learn of him, learn of him, by believing in him, believing in and him. then by obeying his word, obeying because the more you actually obey God, the more acquainted you become with his character. That's so good. Babe. And the more you become acquainted with his character, the easier it is to follow after him because you know what he would do in any given situation. It's the same. I use the same example you just used about LeBron James. If you become a disciple of LeBron James, the basketball player, then what you know is how to do what he would do in any given situation. That's good. So what mm. I want to do is become a disciple of Christ. Yes. I want to know, know what, what he, he would, would do, do in any given situation. In any given situation. That's and, really And so really then good. and then we look at our second scripture in Acts 4 and 12 and it tells us why that is why why all of these things we're talking about is so important. It says neither is your salvation which is total deliverance. And we said salvation ain't just going to heaven. Salvation is deliverance totally, in every area. Totally. Total. You talked this morning on the pre-message about total life prosperity. Yes. Total life prosperity is salvation because salvation is to be delivered from oppression in every area. Yeah. He says, so neither is there deliverance from oppression in, the in every area except in my name. He says, for there is none other name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved. Delivered. Delivered. Whereby we must be delivered. You know, and it was funny because uh, Nitra taught um, the partnership class mm -hmm. on Thursday. She did a great job. job talking about singleness and dedication of purpose. But in that, she used one of the scriptures that we love uh, to hear people talk about. And it was the scripture where the Bible, when, when, when it says that, that God looked around for something he could swear oh, by. Oh, talking Hebrews 6. <laughs> and, and he couldn't, he couldn't find anything 
that he could swear by. He couldn't swear by the moon. He couldn't swear by the stars, not the oceans, not the mountains. It was funny because Nietzsche was saying, you know, how people say, they, like, I put that on my mama. Look, he couldn't put it on his mama. He couldn't put it on his hood. He couldn't put it on Jerusalem, Bethlehem. <laughs> he couldn't put it on any of those things. So the Bible says he looked around and all he could find was himself. Was himself. That's all he could find was himself. And so he said, I swear to God, I'll bless you. In other words, he said, I am putting everything I've promised on my name. Yes. And so the only reason he could do that because he knew the power in the name. Yes. And so yes. there is so much power in the name of Jesus. And we began to talk about that. And we gave them uh, five different uh, areas. And I'm just gonna, not going to go through them all, but we're just going to talk about them real quick. We said that, number one, uh, his name gives us our identity. Yeah. Uh, number two, we said that Jesus name is above every other name. Yes. We just read that. Number three, we then said that only through his name, my God, can you access, access. anything from God. And we talked last week about how, you know, we, we, he said, don't ask me nothing. He said, you got to ask the father, but you ask the father in my name. In there my was name. a process, a principle for how we were supposed to do that. And we talked about that. And then number four, we said that everything that Jesus is and carries with him is He's contained in his name. In his name. Yes. It's contained in his name. And then number five, we finished last week by saying his name is at work 24 seven, that it does not take a break. It doesn't take weekends all. It doesn't skip holidays. It is indeed the name of Jesus. And it works in every situation every single time you know and, and and the problem is the enemy wants us sometimes to think that because it didn't happen in our timing that it didn't happen but god's word has the power to work every single time to work every single time yeah and you know in, in the first scripture that you use, don't go back there, guys. But when you talk about it, he says he wants us to learn of him, mm -hmm. to believe in him and to obey him. Right. And we talked about how you, you we just used the illustration that if we want to we want to be like Jesus is in the earth so we can get the same kind of results that he gets. Yep. And I believe that one of the greatest manipulations of the enemy is to make obedience seem as a seem like a loss. Mm. as opposed to something that gets us to look like God, mm -hmm. right? So what he tries to do is it make it seem like that in obeying God, I'm losing something, right? Mm. But in actuality, when obeying God, because what you said is obedience is the vehicle. So God has said, hey, I've come that you might have life and have it more abundantly. Here's your total life prosperity. Here's your healing. Mm -hmm. Here's your peace. Here's your whatever, right? And then the enemy comes and plants this idea that God wants you to be to obey, to take something mm -hmm. from you. And so then the very thing that that you and I need in order to get to the thing we actually want. We actually want the thing God wants. Everybody wants to live a good life. What we have to understand, and we have to almost have this plain in our subconscious, is that obeying God is never a loss. Obeying God is never a loss. It has to be like, it has to be syntax. It has to be something that's just running in the back of your mind all the time because the enemy always wants us to see obeying God as a loss, as a loss, and, and and he will present it in such a way mm -hmm. that in our natural mind it can appear that it would be a loss. Yes, that's good, babe. And so you have to have this thing running in the background that says obeying God it's is never, never a loss. In fact, the hundred and thirty-two of you that's on these platforms today, y'all ought to say that obeying God is never. It's never, and a you loss. can capitalize the never. It is. It's just never a loss. I've never obeyed God. Not truly obey God, not without, but with my modifications. But I've never truly obeyed God and came up short. 
That's right. I, I never have. You know what? And we're going to get into six. But think about this. Abraham and Jesus both understood this. Yeah. Abraham spent his life wanting a child. He finally gets a son. And God asked him to give up the son, to sacrifice that son. And he is so fully persuaded that obedience to God can never be a loss, that he's willing to sacrifice the thing he wanted his whole life. And I just want to encourage you guys. God has so many amazing things for us, but never love those things more than you love God. And you think about the story before he got there, he he got a word from God. But he tried to make it come to pass himself. Yes. That's when it was a loss for him. Yes. When he tried to put his own human uh, intervention in it rather than allowing God to do what God does, which is specialize in the impossible. Yes. You know, and, and, and God said, I'm going I'm to give you this child. But they assume, well, because my wife is, is past the, the age of childbearing, then it can't be with her. So I got to go a different direction. God may be telling you, my goodness, God may be telling you that he's going to do a thing for you. And I know that you think that that when you look at it in the natural, that when you synthesize it with all the data you have available to you, it doesn't seem possible. But I'm telling you, God specializes in the impossible. And as a result of that, if God is telling you he's going to do something for you, God's telling you he's going to get you back in school. God's telling you he's going to get you the house. God's telling you he's going to he's going to find the right spouse for you. God's telling you whatever he's telling you. I know that if you look at the data, it says it's not going to happen. But trust God, not the data. Yes. If you yes. got to if you got to make a choice, it's like wh- wh- whose report are you going to believe? I choose to believe what God is saying as opposed to what I can see, hear, or understand with my natural senses. And I think that when, I, I think um, Abraham understood that, which is why he was willing to sacrifice mm-hmm. Isaac. And Jesus understood it. That is why he went to the cross. Yes. The Bible says he endured the shame of the cross. And I want to say this, that sometimes obeying God can look like it's bringing you some shame. Yeah, It can look like it's causing you some loss. But he obeyed even to the shame, even as he was on the cross and they mocked him mm-hmm. and said to him, if you so great, get down, get yourself off of this cross. He stay in the position of obedience. And one of the things you got a purpose in your heart, if you're going to live in this season of release, if you're going to live in this season of harvest, if you're going to experience this five to one, is you got to stay in the place of obedience. Because while the name of Jesus is all powerful, right? It won't work when you aren't where you're supposed to Mm -hmm. be. It won't work when you're not doing. See, I can't, the Lord can't tell me to go to the left. And I go to the right and then I just get over there and call the name of Jesus and think something's going to happen. Somebody said this the other day. Now, correct this if this is wrong. I mean, I like football, but I don't know. All stuff. They said, you know, what God is doing for us is that quarterbacks throw to a place, not a person. That's what they tell me. Quarterbacks throw to a place, not a person. Many of you are frustrated right now because you're waiting on God to throw to you, but you're not in the place. God told you to run an outright. You ran a go route. <laughs> Whatever so, that so, means. So he threw it. He threw the out route, but you you just going on your own direction. You going on the go route. And, and and many people are frustrated because what we then try to do, which is one of the things we're trying to clear up with this series, is that not only is the name of Jesus not some close, just some closing to a prayer, but it's also not some magic potion that I can be doing anything I want to do, any place I want to be, and then I just call on the name of Jesus and it all works out. Right. I've got to learn to get 
get to that position. So what the Lord has said, it's like when Jesus said to the disciples, go to the other side, they had to get on the boat. And there are many times that God is instructing us to do something. And because we're looking at ourselves, we're looking at other people, we're looking at our past, we're looking at what somebody else says, that now we're standing in this place and we're like, God, why not me? Why did you do it for them? But you didn't do it for me. Have you run to the place? Mm. Are you standing mm. where the path, where the pl- where the ball is thrown? Are you standing on the other side of the field wondering why there's no provision? You cannot stand on the other side of the field and call on the name of Jesus and expect something to happen. Amen. So we want to clarify, we are not witches. Right. We're not witches. <laughs> right. Jesus and is, God not is not a formula. He's not a genie. No, right. it's, he's, it's not a formula. It's not magic. We're not casting spells. That's why obedience is so important because when I'm in the right place with the right heart, I'm going to get the manifestation yeah, every time. That's it. So That's now it. six, we're going to get into six. Amen. Six is the enemy knows and understands the power of name especially the name of Jesus. Even the enemy knows that. The enemy knows the power of names, especially the name of Jesus. And the problem for us is that we don't understand the name. Mm. It's why one of the things that we've talked for so long is that we see believers who still identify as sinners saved by grace. Mm. But that's not the name God calls you by once you are born again believer. You were a sinner who was saved by grace and grace made you the righteousness of God in Christ Mm -hmm. Jesus. So when a born again believer continues to call themselves a sinner, then they identify with a sin consciousness. Mm -hmm. And then what they end up doing is struggling with sin. Mm -hmm. But if I begin to call myself the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus, not just righteous, there's a difference in that. Not just John is righteous. No, I am the righteousness. It's been imputed to me. It's been translated to me. I've been made righteous by Christ. Then I want to perform. We Listen, you're an educator. You know this better than I do, but we got five kids. If you tell kids they are smart, if you tell kids they can learn, they will rise to the level of expectation. If you tell kids they are dumb, if you tell kids they are stupid, they will rise to the level of expectation. Mm -hmm. So when we continue to call ourselves a name that God doesn't call us, we keep rising to that level of expectation. Absolutely. Absolutely. We talk all the time in education about having high expectations for children. Mm -hmm. Why? Because if you have high expectations for them, most often people meet or exceed your expectations. Most often, especially children, because as 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 natural, unless they've had some kind of you know horrific trauma in their life, they're looking to please. And so the reality of it is, is that when you start to call a child something uh, that's lower than their expectation, they live up to it. You know, it's like we used to say all the time that we used to tell people all the time, don't tell your kids you're going to you sorry, you're going to be just like your daddy. Don't don't say that kind of stuff. Even if you don't mad, call your kids bad, don't even call if they them bad. bad stuff. Right. Don't call them bad. Tell them what their their behavior is inappropriate, but they're not bad. Why? Because it sets that level of expectation. You don't want that to be their name. And that's why it's a good thing to go to a church called Fellowship of Champions. Yes. See, you may come in feeling like a loser, but when we call you a champion, we're not looking at your track record. We're looking at the scripture that says, thanks be to God who has given us the victory through the Lord Jesus Christ. I can't tell you the number of times we've been asked by people, why would you call your church Fellowship of Champions? And some people say, well, that sounds really arrogant. And my response is always, is what would you prefer? Fellowship of losers? I mean, we, we, <laughs> what's the alternative? We are a group of people who believe that the word of God causes us to win. 
It causes us to win. So the natural name would be a fellowship of what? Champions. People I need win. everybody to put in the, camera, <laughs> the comments. I am a champion. I am a champion. And, and, and I associate with other champions. And I associate with other champions because people play life different when they believe they're born to win. Yes. And if you believe that you are born to overcome sin, then you don't see sin as having control and a hold over you, right? And what the enemy wants to do is he wants to make you think that your sin issues, he wants to make you think that your trauma, he wants to make you think that what's happened to you in the past and your present situations are bigger than what he knows he must bow down to, mm -hmm. which is the name of Jesus. Amen. The Bible tells us in Matthew 8 and 29 in the Amplify, it says that demons tremble at the name of Jesus. Mm -hmm. One of the things that can frustrate me so many times about believers is that they get all caught up about the devil here and the devil there. And I believe that one of the things that the devil does is that he does this distraction, all these smoke signals to make you look for him everywhere so you can't see God anywhere. Mm -hmm. And people can see the devil everywhere. Oh, that's the devil in this. This is the devil in that. I'm not interested in where the devil is. I'm interested in where God is. Why? Because God has already put the enemy under his feet. Mm -hmm. And if I become devil conscious, I'm going to live under the bondage of the devil. That's why when we pray, we don't spend no bunch of time talking about the devil. The Bible says Jesus defeated him. In fact, the Bible says that he made an open show of him. Open show. Listen, I don't know if y'all know. Know what an open show mean, but an open show mean that's like being read in public. Yeah, if it say he joined him in public, no, he read him in public. <laughs> I want you to understand this is yeah. what Jesus did to the devil. He went to his hood. Yep. He went to hell. Yep. He snuck in hell because yep. he was dressed as a man, mm -hmm. and you had to be a man in order mm -hmm. to be able to get into hell. Mm -hmm. He goes into hell and he reveals himself, and he literally punks the devil in his own space in front of in front all of, of his all feet. of them fallen the angels. The Bible says <laughs> he made an open show of him, and then he snatched the keys and brought them back to earth. I believe that's why God is saying, why are you still living in, in, in bondage to sexual sin? Why are you still living yep. in bondage to anxiety? Yep. And hear me, when we say these things, we're not saying that we don't understand that your flesh desires something. Right. We're not saying that we don't understand that something has happened to you in the natural that could traumatize you to the rest of your life. In fact, we're saying we hear you mm -hmm. and we understand that. And we're saying to you, but Jesus loved you so much that he went and took the power that was that had the power to keep you in bondage, put all the power under him. My so goodness. now as a born again believer, I have a right to say I may have been molested, but I won't live traumatized all my life. Mm -hmm. I may have had this happen to me, but I won't live here all the time. Yep. I may have grown up in poverty, but I won't live broke all of my Come life. On. I may have started yep. here, but that's about my story because the, the, the team I'm on. Yeah. The gang, I mean, mm -hmm. the family, I mean, all we do is win. all we do is win. All we do is why? Win. Because the leader, our leader, Jesus, he literally went to hell and got yes. the power. Can you just put in the comments? I'm not powerless. <laughs> I am not powerless. I am not powerless. That, you, you ought to write that on your mirror or I'm something not in powerless. a shop or something. And just every morning you ought to see that I am not powerless. If you understand you aren't powerless, then you have to ask the question, then where does my power come from? Come on. And then it reverberates all 
throughout your body. My power comes from Jesus and he is not limited. I cannot exhaust the power that he has. So if I had a, if I had 10 problems bigger than the problems I had yesterday, every single day for the next thousands of days, he's got enough power to solve all of them. But listen, check this. Do you know how dope God, how big the power of God is that after Jesus gets the keys, he goes and sits down. Yes. He left you so much power. Guys, do y'all hear what I'm saying? God left you so much power that when Jesus finished the work and said, go and be filled with the Holy Spirit, he went and sat down at the right hand of the Father. You're saying, Jesus, come do something about it. He said, I already did. I gave you the power. You I, I didn't just in give you. you power. I gave you the same power. The same power. It's not a diluted version. I gave you the same power. He said, now go do more than I did. Because I wasn't here but 33 and a half years. You go do more than what I did because you're going to be here longer than me. And you've had the same power. The same power. Same and it's important power. that we understand the same power. And the devil, he knows the that. The demons and know that, that's it. What, that's what terrifies them. In Matthew 8 and 29, he says, And behold, they shrieked and screamed and said, What have you to do with us, Jesus, Son of God? Have you come to torment us before the appointed time? They Even they know there is an appointed time where all this wraps up. How they know it and we don't know it. Yes, and they knew it. And when they saw him, they said, wait, 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 wait. You, you, this, ain't, this ain't the appointed time. Did we, you come to we, torment we, me we now? We're supposed to have some, some more time to torment them. What are you doing here? Why? Because they recognized who he was. They knew the power. And if demons can understand and know the power, then surely the children of God got to know it. You know what, though? But it's a very common thing. Um, sometimes when we're watching TV shows, it'll be a star that's on there. And the star will talk about how their kids don't understand that they're a star. Oh, yeah. yeah. That their kids yeah. are so unimpressed by who yeah. they are. <laughs> and, and, and we want to be careful that we're not unimpressed with Jesus. Ooh, come on now. Come on. Because we don't want him to be our homeboy. We don't want, we don't want him to be, be our homeboy. To, to, to be our friend till we get so casual that we missed what was actually on his life. That we're unimpressed. Mm -hmm. And and here's a good example because I used Canaan last week, and so I'm gonna use Canaan again mm -hmm. this week, right? You remember when I when I released the um the healing book, yes. right? And yes. and people had asked me to sign, to their sign book, the book. Right? I remember that. And so I was signing the book and she comes in and what did she say to me? She said, Why would anybody? Why would anybody not just why would some why, why would, would anybody want a book signed by you? Signed by That's you. That's what she asked. You. And many of us. We don't realize it. <laughs> we go to worship services and we lift our hands, but we become so common with mm, this gospel. Mm. We become so common with our Jesus mm. that literally we're like, what Jesus going to do about this? Mm. It's the reason that when someone tries to give us scriptures, we like, I need something besides scripture. I don't, I mm. didn't call, I, I need somebody I can keep it real with. Mm -hmm. I need somebody who can tell me something because you become so casual. So casual. You're, you're so casual that you don't even recognize the power that's right at your fingertips that's right on the inside of you let me tell you something let me tell you something you don't want to be casual you with don't Jesus. want to be casual because you want to always be in a place of holy awe a place of reverence about who and what he is yes and so and then Acts 16 and 8 this is a story about how this lady was following Paul. She was vexed with a demon. She just was wearing Paul out. She just kept on. And listen, <laughs> she just kept on going behind Paul. And, and here was the thing. She was saying something that seemed like it was real, it, like it was real Christian. 
but but he recognized the spirit wasn't right with her and so he said she did this for many days and then paul being sorely annoyed and worn out turned and said to the spirit within her i charge you in the name of jesus to come out of her and it came out that very moment mm. because demons recognize mm -hmm. the power of god now i'm gonna tell a funny story these okay. people have never probably heard this story All right. so if you don't know me you may not know this but i used to fall down a lot yep a I lot. did. I used to fall down a lot. Yeah. And for no reason, seemingly, I just would be. And, and it didn't start until I got married to Strick. We literally would be walking and I just fall down. And Bay would always come and help me. Yeah. He would always he would be like, Bay, what are you doing? And I wouldn't even know. It would literally be like the ground. Ground would grab me and I would just fall down. Well, this one particular day. A he, lot. <laughs> whatever you fall down a lot and 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 they was saying he had mentioned before that there was a scripture that said it'll make the that god will make your feet like hind's, like hind's feet. feet he's like you're not supposed to be falling down like that well this one particular day we're in public and i fall down in public in public which makes it more embarrassing because then he would think that people thought that i was you know, that he was knocking me down the reason I was falling down so much. And this dude comes over and he grabs my hand and he says, in the name of Jesus, stop falling down. Have I been falling since then? No, no, you have not. It was like, it's enough. Enough is enough. <laughs> I, I, I was being vexed. He was like, Paul, he got annoyed with the way I kept falling down. He was like, I don't want you to hurt yourself. I don't like you falling down in public. I don't want people thinking I'm abusing you. He got annoyed. See, I'm telling you, there are some, there are some things you tolerate just because you ain't got annoyed enough to use the name of Jesus. Yeah. You haven't got annoyed enough to use your power. <laughs> and literally, I used to fall down all the time, and now I don't fall down. Like, nope. for real talk. Is yeah. that really what that, happened? That's really what happened. That's really what because happened. I was like, first of all, you can't be falling down because you're going to hurt yourself. You can't be falling down, number two, because we live in northwest Arkansas, and people are going to be thinking this big black man is knocking you down. I was like, you got to stop that. <laughs> and so when you fell down that time in that street, I was just like, in the name <laughs> of Jesus, your feet are like hind's feet, and you will not fall again. <laughs> so many funny stories hey but but the name of jesus works but really it's what paul did but i like what you said i got annoyed by it you there got are it. some things in people's lives they haven't got annoyed enough to call the name of jesus on that thing and believe that when they speak it that it's going to come to pass the reality of it is is that you expected me not to fall again. i had it absolutely you was like you that not, was it you're not going to fall that side what was the last place you was going to lay down that was it <laughs> <laughs> so we want you to understand that demons know the power of the name of jesus do you the amen. demons know amen but do you but do you all right point seven all you right it, point number seven the name of jesus i love this is a strong refuge in other words, it is a place that we can run into. Yes. We 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 do not have to spend our lives. Oh, wait, we got being stuff. Terrorized. Hold on, hold on. I got because this is literally what Rosie said, and I think this is this okay. is powerful. She says, so literally, you do not fall down, you cannot fall down. Right. You guys need to understand that. You can release the authority of Jesus in your life in such a degree. That literally, it's not that you don't, it's that you can't because heaven is holding you it. up. I love it. I love it. So it's not that you just 
aren't broke anymore. It's that you, you can't, can't be, be broke. Woo -wee. It's not just that you I aren't can't be sick. sick no more. You just I can't, you can't be, broke. be sick. Heaven is holding me Literally, up. Literally, you have put so much emphasis. You put your weight on the name of Jesus to such a degree that sickness gets on you. And because sickness is a spirit, sickness has to bow to the name of Jesus. Now, I think somebody ought to take that by faith. That cannot fall down. You ought down, to read that. Meaning you ought you to stop that. falling down in the scene. Yep. I want somebody to call on the name of Jesus right now. You got some things you've been cycling through. You've been some things you've been going through. But right now, by faith, you need to get annoyed enough that you say, no, I, I, I'm not doing that no more. I can't do it, which literally means you'll try to do it and you'll get blocked on mm -hmm. every hand. See, that's the other thing people don't realize that the name of Jesus can do. If you will release the power of Jesus in your life, it will start keeping you even when you don't want to be kept because you've already come into covenant to be kept, which means that literally the enemy will start blocking your path. I mean, when the enemy tries to block mm. your path, God himself will begin to run interference to you because you gave him access to your life. I hear this. Many of you, you've given God access to your eternity, but not your present. Yeah. You, you made him, you've made him savior, but you haven't made him Lord. You haven't made him Lord. Yeah. Yeah. And because you haven't made him Lord, demons don't have to listen when you speak. Mm. All right, mm. go back to refuge. I'm sorry. You know, I, really I, I, it is really good. And the, I, this idea that heaven is holding me up is something that we need to keep. Come on. Heaven is holding me up. Yes. And as a result, when I find myself, this is back to number seven, when, when I find myself, Teacher. when I find myself in situations that, that, that are terrorizing me, mm -hmm. that, that are oppressing me, that are trying to uh, oppress me, then what I have to realize is that I have a safe place to a run safe to. place. You know, when we were kids, we used to play tag. And, and, and when we used to play tag, the one thing you always decided before the game started is what is what is base? What's base? What's base? Because base, base was determined as what? The safest place to be. So you could be in the middle of a field or you could be inside of a building. You had to determine where is base, because if I make it to base, you can't get me. And so even if you chasing me, even if you and you on my tail, I can die. But if I dive and, and touch, I touch that, that base, if anything on my body gets the base, my whole body will say. And and that's what that's what the that's what Jesus is for us. That's what His name is for us. The Bible tells us that Come in Proverbs teach, eighteen and ten. You ought to share Proverbs this broadcast with somebody. Eighteen and ten. It says the, the name, name of the, the Lord, Lord is a strong tower. The righteous. I, I have been made righteous, not my own, but I've been made righteous. It says those who have been made righteous, they do what? They run into it. What's it? it? The strong tower, the name of Jesus, and they are what? Safe. They are safe. And listen, let me tell you something. Our partner's preaching today. Yeah. Because this is what Clarissa just <laughs> what said. What she saying? Clarissa just said, she said, you can't just be near base. You got to be on. You got to be on base. You got to be on base. You, you got to be in base. When you were talking earlier, it reminded me what I was going to say. I, when you were talk, I was, I was going to say this. You cannot be acquainted with the name of Jesus. You have to be intimate with it. You got to be intimate with you know, it. You know, you, you can't just be acquainted. You can't just hang around. It's like, correct. you can't be near base. You got to be, you and base have to be one. You have to be touching base. Base has to be touching you. So in order for you to find this, this divine protection, the thing you can't do is try to run in, but keep your arm out over here in the world. You can't keep your foot over here in the club. You can't keep your foot over here in this scene and this hanging over in that scene. You got to run in. And the Bible says those who have been made righteous, it says that they run into it and, and they, they are, are saved. saved. 
They are saved. Let me tell y'all something. And let me tell you something that you really need to close the door on. Because one of the manipulations to get you not to value the strong, the name of Jesus as a strong refuge is you get offended with religion. You get offended with church. You get offended with church people who don't do right. You get offended with pastors that don't do right. And then what you do is you allow your offense with them to make you offended and minimize him. And here's what people do sometimes. And I, 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 I know because I used to do it. So I'm preaching about myself. I used to try to run to Jesus and leave all my junk out here. So I was junk. trying to run to Jesus to be safe and leave my junk out there. The problem is, is that as long as the junk is out there, it's still alive and active. I had to learn to take all of my junk, all of my anger, all of my sin, all of my missteps, everything that made me uh, 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 exactly what I wasn't created to be, I had to take that into the strong tower so that he could demolish it into so many pieces, it could never be put back together again. No, that's so good. No, and that was the so illustration good. when he gave me that revelation. He's like, stop leaving your stuff out there. Bring it to me. I can deal, because people are like, you know, well, I'm going to get saved, or I'm going I'm to get my life right. Uh, I'm going to get my life to the Lord when I get my stuff right. You ain't. You're never going to get it right. You got to take that junk to the Lord, which is why we don't ever ask people to get right before they come to FOC. You come to FOC just as you are. We guarantee if you'll listen to the word, you won't stay that way. Listen, you may come one way, but you won't stay. You got to bring your whoredom to the Lord. Yes. You got to bring your gossip to the Lord. Yes. You got to bring your lying and your bad attitude and your, and your uh, get, getting fixated on the wrong stuff. You have to bring that to the Lord because yes. you don't have the power to fix it. He says, but if you will run to me, come to me, all you who are heavy laden. That stuff is, I'm sorry. No, when he says run, it's the idea that you hasten. Yes. You ain't don't 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 casually bring it. Take off. Sprint to God before you have an opportunity to change your mind. Hasten those who run in. That every I believe that I believe that the That's words good. in the Bible are not there by accident. Yeah. They are they are illustrative that when I am running to a place, I'm hastening to get there. I am hasting to get to the Lord because my expectations that if I get there, that's base. That's a safe place. I live on base now. I live on base. I live on base. I, on I, base. I used to spend time where I was on base and I get out there and if something gets to change me, I was running back. I live on base I live on now base. because I realized that base is the best place to live. So when I run in, Proverbs 18 and 10 says it, when I That's run good, in, the, the, the name of the Lord is a strong tower and that when I run in, I am safe. So the power in the name provides protection and covering for everybody who believes. I'm protected. And I'm covered. And covered. I'm protected. I'm protected. And I'm covered. And I'm covered. Somebody say that. I am protected. I am protected. And I am covered. That's what Chris was singing about this morning. Yes. All of her songs this morning yes. was about being protected, being covered, understanding that you understanding and, and i want to tie this together as we go to number eight that is so good yeah we want to the reason that we teach that faith starts where the will of god is known understand this let's take something that's mm -hmm. in the minds of people to get the vaccine or not to get the vaccine yep right whether you should get the vaccine or not get the vaccine has to do with the word god spoke to you to you do you understand that it's it's not the global word it's what god has spoken to mm -hmm. you. And so when the word, when God speaks the word to you, you have the authority to use the name of Jesus to, to release in the earth 
what God has said to you. you to That's you. why you need to know if God is calling you to a certain city, understand there's provision in that city and the provision has to open up because mm -hmm. God called you. Mm -hmm. When God has called you to go back to school, there's provision in that. So we want to know why, because it's a strong tower. So understand then, then I'm not putting my health in the vaccine or not the vaccine. I'm not putting my health in the mask or Come not on. the mask. I'm putting my, I'm putting my health in, in the name of God Jesus. I'm me. doing so now, whether I'm taking the vaccine or not taking the vaccine, mm -hmm. whether I'm doing this or not doing it, that I'm doing it all in the name of Jesus. Hear me. But did you hear the distinction that I made? Not just what I want to do, what the word of the Lord is for me. This, if you haven't shared this broadcast, you need to share it. This is going to bless that word right there. That is where confidence comes from. Yes. Your confidence in, and in, in, in not just with the vaccine, but in everything. In everything. Your confidence is going to come from what did God say to you? So what I'm hearing you say is that I'm never going to trust the name of Jesus if I don't know the voice of God. I got to do. I got to know the voice. I got to know what he said. I gotta know oh, what he said, and and, 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 don't, and that doesn't always mean you have to have this audible word. He, the Bible is the word of God. Yes. There are some things I know that God has instructed me to do and how to live based on his word. It's why we say all the time, we love the word. We love the word. Y'all yeah, put that in the comments that you love the word. We love the See, word. some of you, you didn't know it was that much life in the word. You didn't understand that there were so many answers. There was so much deliverance in the word. There's so, so much when, life in the word. So when I get a word from God, that word of God literally changes my life and it can even change my DNA. Mm -hmm. It can change it because I was created by a word to begin mm -hmm. with. So I can have, I can be changed in my DNA, in the structure of my brain, in my body, in my organs, in anything based on the word of God. But I cannot use the name of Jesus if I don't know what backs it. Mm. If I don't know the power mm -hmm. that backs it. Mm -hmm. Yes. All right. Number eight. And this is what I want people to get yes. in their hearts. Come on. And I'm going to teach this and I got to tie something into it. Number eight says his name commands, commands. instant, instant delivery. Mm -hmm. His name mm -hmm. commands mm -hmm. instant mm -hmm. delivery. Yep. How does his name command instant delivery? Here's how. The Bible says faith is now, mm -hmm. which means that anything that God will ever do for you is already done. Already. Did you hear what I said? The reason that his name commands instant delivery is because anything Come that on. God will Come do on. for you, Come on. he has already done. Don't 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 miss what she's about to say because your mind and your intellect starts telling you why well, I don't see it. Listen to what she's about to tell you. It is already done. It's instant. The reason his name commands instant delivery mm -hmm. is because anything that God is ever going to do for you, he is, has he has already done it. Already. This is why I hate when people say. 
he may not come when you want him, but he always on time. Mm -hmm. It don't even make sense. In fact, the Bible says he's a very present help in the time very. of trouble. The Bible also says he can never leave you nor forsake you. How in the world could you want him and he not come when mm -hmm. he already there? Mm -hmm. The issue is that he is not that he didn't come. The issue is not that he didn't do it. The issue is the disconnect between us and what he's already done. Mm -hmm. We're waiting on God to do what he's already done. Here's a great example. I teach this all the time when I teach about healing. I teach about this. I said, the Bible says, by his heal, by his stripes, we are already, already healed. Already. We are already healed. Already. Here's why this is important. So you're saying, Pastor Sean, I have pain in my body. Yes, but you're already healed. Mm -hmm. Here's the difference in this. Here's the difference in this. Let me step away from this to use an illustration that is going to make sense to you. When your money is already in the account, you have a different confidence when you go to the store than when your money is on the way to the account. Mm -hmm. if, you're, if you think your money is on the way to the account, then when you go to run your debit card, you shaking and you suspect about what's going to happen. But when the money is already there, even if they deny you, you don't get nervous. No, no. And the reason you don't get nervous is because you know the deposit has already been made. You need to hear me. The deposit for your healing mm. is already in your yes. account. Your financial provision is yes. already in your account. Amen. So when I am saying God is going to heal me, it is that I don't understand he has already healed me. Here is how this moves my confidence. When I know the money's already in my account, I manage the things that play with my money differently. Mm. When I know it's already there. So when I know healing is already in my account, when my body may be racked with pain, I'm not begging God to heal me. Mm -hmm. I'm, 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 I'm hear what I'm saying. When I don't, when I think healing is all, when I think healing is coming, the pain says to me, I need to beg God to heal me. Mm. When I know the healing is already mine, the confidence tells the pain to go. Yes. Do y'all see the difference in that? So I know the doctor said, but when you know it, the healing has already been deposited by those 39 stripes that Jesus took. I'm not begging God to heal me. I'm telling pain to go. I am telling my body to align with what God has already said. Understand that once something is already in my account, I'm not even asking God anymore. Mm. I am now commanding yep. the yep. earth to agree with what God said. Amen. Amen. And that's how deliverance comes in the instant. It is. So when I begin to understand that these things are already in my account, the account, it's already, see some of you, even right now, why won't God heal me? Why does not my body, no, why don't you, Jesus, by his stripes, you were healed. I love what Angie just said. She said, so if we get a bad report or we feel pain, what we say is run the card again. Yeah, run it again. Run it again. Run it again. Why? Because I already know that it's in the account. And let me tell you something. I understand that this kind of teaching, it is offensive to people. It is. Because people are so they, conditioned. They start, they start thinking in the natural, well, I lost so-and-so, or this happened to me, and and, and but I did this, and, and I didn't get healed. I had a guy get so upset with me one time over a teaching. He actually unfriended me over a teaching like this. But I'm not backing down from this. 
Listen, if I told you that there was $100,000 in your account right now, and I told you that because of that, you could go buy you a car, and you went to buy you a car, and you saw the money in the account, and you went to buy the car, and they said, I'm sorry, there's no money in your account, you wouldn't just go, okay. You go, no, I seen it. You call your bank. You say, get the president on the phone. Let me let me talk to, to whoever's in charge of accounts. It's mine. It belongs to me. I feel that way about everything God has for me. That's right. Healing, deliverance, my relationships, my jobs, everything. It, it, everything God has given to me is mine. And you cannot talk me out of you it. You cannot talk me out you of it. You cannot talk and me so out of it. As a result, I'm going to live differently. Yes. And so now, now I heard this because we're not going to leave you like you. You say, well, Pastor Sean, what do I do if I was believing for someone to be healed and the healing didn't manifest? Now, here's what we do on the prayer team. Mm -hmm. Well, we now go back to God and say, it's what do we need to learn? Yep. Now, let me tell y'all this, and some of y'all not going to like this. You don't have the right to override somebody else's That's weed. right. So if Big Mama has decided that she is ready to go home to be with the Lord, you do not get to use your faith as a tool of manipulation because you want Big Mama to stay. Yep. Now, that's a different thing, especially when we're dealing with somebody older who has lived their lives and now they have said, I'm tired. I don't want no more surgery. I don't want to fight through cancer. I want to go home and be with the Lord. I don't get to use my faith to manipulate you to stay in the earth because I don't right. want you to leave. Right. Right. But now what I'm not going to do, which is what many of the saints do, is you rewrite the Bible right. to make your experiences yep. line up with the yep. Bible instead of making your experience yep. line up with the word. And the reality of it is, let's just be let's just be 100 percent transparent. There are some things we might not ever, we understand, might not ever understand on this side, on this side. of heaven. We, you, you may not understand why God allowed certain things to happen or things played out the way they played. All I know is no matter what, I don't care what disappointment comes my way, I am never getting offended with God. I'm never getting offended with God. I am with God. never getting offended I'm with never God. getting offended with God. And, and, and until, I'm, until I don't have breath, every promise he's made to me, until I get it, I'm going to say run it again. Run it again. I'm going to give you a good testimony. <laughs> I'm going to run it again. Um, but I'm not going to get offended and fall out with God. A young lady that we know, her great-grandmother was declared brain dead on a Sunday. Yep. And on Monday, they wanted her, they wanted the grandmother to come and unplug her mother. Well, well, obviously nobody wants to unplug their mother, right? Yep. But there was this kind of little thing in their heart that she had recovered from some stuff before, right? So all day Monday, no activity on the brain. They declared her dead. They declared her brain, brain dead. dead. They said there is no activity on the brain. But on Tuesday, mm. but on Tuesday, mm -hmm. on Tuesday, mm -hmm. brain activity. Mm -hmm. By Tuesday afternoon, she was talking. Mm -hmm. Awake. Awake. Mm -hmm. And I, if I remember correctly, she said to her kids, I'm not done yet. Mm -hmm. I'm not done yet. That's not a made up story. That's, that's a, not a made up story. That, that's a real story. That's a that real story. I'm not done that yet. Happened. Like, was that 20? Was that 20? That was this year. Was it 2021? It was this okay. year. I, thought it was, I didn't know if it was December or what. But it, this year, that happened. That's a real story. See, sometimes people think that preachers be making up stories, and sometimes they do. Now we ain't <laughs> now we ain't making up no story. This was a fact that they got ready to unplug her, to take her off of life support. 
and she is alive today. She is alive today. Listen, Left just, the hospital because, went to rehab. just because the doctors declare something is so, just because your, your bank account declares that something is so, just because the counselor decides that something is so, if it doesn't line up with what God has said, tell it to run it again. Run it again. And, it, it, and I think that this is so important. I believe that God is trying to grow us up. If you read in the Bible, you'll see so many times that the Bible says, and Jesus healed them all. Mm -hmm. and, it, and, and it happened immediately, right? That's because he didn't think God was waiting to release something to him. Mm -hmm. He didn't think God was... You understand there is, do y'all understand what we're saying? That there is a different confidence when we believe something is already done than when we think that there is something that is going to happen. Mm. If, if we think it's going to happen. So for us, when we don't, number one, we don't get offended with God. But the other thing we don't do is we refuse to water down the word because we didn't get results. Mm -hmm. That's the other mistake people make. Yes, you're not offended with God, but you start watering it down. You start saying, we don't know what's going to happen. You start saying like, oh, it was God's will for this three-year-old to die because you because you are afraid of looking like a fool and being disappointed. Yes, yes. So you won't stick with what God said. Yep. Where for us, we just keep going back to scripture. We keep going. People say, what would God do on the earth? He showed us in Jesus. Mm -hmm. The Bible says he healed them all. Even in places where they didn't have any faith, it says he could only do a few miracles. A few miracles. A few miracles. So even in a place where there was no faith, he still did something. Amen. And so we just want to challenge you guys to have an expectation of an instant delivery because it's already done and that you begin to speak to your circumstances. You begin to say, listen, I understand this doctor's report, but the Bible says he will renew my youth like the eagles. Mm -hmm. He says that he will heal all of my diseases. I've already been healed. Jesus took those stripes. Now I command my body to line up. So then now, whether I'm going into surgery or whether I'm taking a pill or whether I'm changing my diet, I am expecting it all to work because of what Jesus said, not because of the, the vitamin itself or the surgery itself or the procedure itself, because I believe in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Which right. actually gets us right into, I mean, number one, we, we just preached number nine without really preaching it. But number nine tells us that the power in the name of Jesus is invoked how? Through faith. through faith. It comes through faith. Acts 3.16 says this in the voice translation. It says, so that's how this miracle happened. We have faith in the name of Jesus. Yes. And he, he is the power, power that made this man strong. Come on. It says the miracle that you're looking at, it happened because we had the faith, but he has the power. You need them both. We have to have faith. He's already got the power. He says, and that's what made this man strong. He says, this man is known to all of you. And then he says, this man is known to all of you. It says, it is faith in Jesus that has given this man his complete health here today in front of all of you. It is, it is the faith. It is the faith that we have in the power that he possesses that causes someone else to receive a miracle. No, that's beautiful. And the challenge for a lot of people is that when we taught this, I think we thought, taught this in 2020, 
you're trying to have faith in your faith. Mm -hmm. We're telling you to have faith in God. Right. Not faith in your faith. Not faith in your faith. Right. So you like, I have great faith. It mm -hmm. don't matter whether you have great faith or little faith. The Bible says all you need is it's the size a, the of a mustard seed. seed to move a whole mountain. Yep. We're not out here trying to have a competition for measuring faith. We're just choosing to believe God. That's what the Bible says. Go the, ahead. You don't, you don't actually need faith for the situation to turn around. Or you don't need faith for um the thing to show up you don't need faith for healing to manifest you only need to have faith in his ability to do it well and i know that's not just semantics i don't need to have faith in my ability to bring something to pass that's not what we do that's not what we teach and the people who misunderstand what they call the prosperity gospel thinks that's what we're saying they think we're saying have enough faith so that you can manipulate the universe to make something happen. No, 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 no. What we're saying is what this scripture right here says, Acts 3.16. It tells us we had faith in his power. That's all you need is to have enough faith that he is who he says he is and can do what he says he can do. If you have enough faith for that, Everything else is an outcome of that. And I don't know how, I wish I could paint it. I wish if I, if I was an artist, I'd paint a picture that could show people. But I'm telling you, what you, you, what you need to know is you only need to have faith in his power. If I have faith in his power, then anything that's an outreach of that, you know, well, we, we teach kids how to how to do these things when they're, when they're getting ready to brainstorm or write something. We, we get to put their main point in the middle and they have all of these little branches that come off because they're all related to that to that. Whether you want healing, deliverance, financial breakthrough, restoration of a relationship, you want to get over depression, you want to get rid of anger, lust, you want to get you want to get over fornication, adultery, you want to uh, low self-esteem all of those are stems how do i have faith to get over all of that just have faith in the middle just have faith in him just have faith, just have in, faith in his power in god just and if have you faith have faith in, in his power then everything can work out it, it will absolutely change your life because some of you are frustrated because you're looking at you're trying to have faith in your faith yes you're you're having faith in your faith and literally <coughs> Excuse me. Um, Abraham, the Bible says, if you read Romans four, Abraham is the father of faith. And it tells us what Abraham did. The Bible says that Abraham did not consider himself. I say to people all the time, if you want to know whether you're in biblical faith or not, look at what you're considering. Yeah. If you are considering yourself, if you are considering anything other than God, you are not in biblical faith because biblical faith demands that I put all of my weight, all, all of my, my weight. weight on God yep. and what he said. It means I'm willing to hang my life on mm -hmm. it. And I was thinking about this. How do you get faith in anybody? You spend time with them. Mm -hmm. How do you get faith with anybody? You're never going to have faith about a person you don't know Man, that's so good that's you're so not good. gonna have faith so which is good. why the enemy tries to wear you out and make you too tired to read your words so and think good. that it ain't necessary so for you to hear teaching for an hour because why because if he can get you to have a form of godliness mm -hmm. if he can get you going back to Clarissa said he can get you to be near the base you go to church yep. 
You try not to cuss. Yeah. You try to be a good person. Yeah. But you know it's people who don't know Jesus who good people and who don't curse. But when you were playing tag as a kid, don't can't you remember there was a lot of time when folks was near base and they still got tagged? They still got tagged. That's why some folks still getting tagged. You still get you like, why is this happening to me? I go to church, I pray, I fat because you're not on base. You near it, but you're not on base. So you still getting tagged. You still getting woe out because you won't you won't you won't do the one thing that we're telling you gotta do, which is to have faith in his power. And that's the reason when it talks about walking by faith, it says we don't go by what we see right. and we don't go by what we feel. Yes. And so many believers are defeated because you live by your feelings. I feel like I'm in love with them. God done already told you that ain't your person, mm -hmm. but, but but you don't understand. I feel like it. I feel like I need to live in Florida, but God done already told you don't go to Florida. You're living by your feelings. I feel like I'm in a bad mood. I feel like I don't want to fast i feel like i don't want to pray and if you live by your feelings you're never going to get the supernatural results consider not as jasmine Sullivan said come pick up your feelings pick them up take them away from here because they are interfering with what god is doing in your life am i telling you that you don't have feelings no i'm telling you that you need to put enough words your in feelings you should have you come okay your well, feelings you can have feelings but your feelings shouldn't have you and if your feelings cause you to do anything that is contrary to the word of God, you are being controlled by your feelings or controlled or led by your emotions, which is uh, backwards to what God wanted us. He gave us emotion so that we can interact with the environment, not so the environment could dominate us. Ooh. And that's important to know. Selah. Say <laughs> lie. No, no, really, because I think that this is important because what we want to break down for you guys, if you're getting something from this, can you tell us we're on our last point? We're getting ready to wrap up, but tell us what you're getting from this, because what we want to do is we want to grow the people of God up so that you're not tossed and turned by your feelings and your emotions. Every time you see something, you go on with what you see. You talk about what you feel like and your feelings are just taking yeah. you on a roller coaster. Your feelings are so listen. Everybody knows feelings are fickle. Feelings are fickle. <laughs> Everybody knows this because Pastor Edwin says it. That he says that um he gets great joy out of harassing me. Do you get great joy oh, out of harassing? Fun. Yes. You get great yes. joy out of I harassing. I love the laughter. Which literally means in the course of ten minutes at home, our experience can go from this. Babe, I love you so much. You're so sweet to me. I love you too, babe. To being like, oh my God, I can't stand you. Can you go somewhere? <laughs> Why? Because feelings are fickle. Yeah. And if we try to have a marriage based on the fickleness of our feelings, then we would not be in a good place. We stand on the word. And what we got to do is you, if you want this to be the year release, if you want to grow up, if you want to see harvest, you got to learn to stand on something besides your feelings. Yes. Some of you, I want you to hear me. Yes, you love Jesus, but your feelings are not submitted to the Holy Ghost. Mm -hmm. You do what you feel like doing. That's why you cuss people That's out. Why you go zero to 100 real quick. Real quick. Real quick. That's why you go zero to 100 real quick. That's why you'll put anything on social media. That's why you get offended when someone asks you, what did God say? Because yes, you love Jesus, but you have no faith in Jesus's ability to help you manage to work out the insanity in your spiritual hormones so that you're not up. I was thinking about today. I don't know what this song is, but as a kid, they used to sing this song sometimes up, sometimes down. Down, almost level to the ground. That ain't how God has called you to live. Mm. That is, I don't know if anybody know the name of that song. Put it. We in didn't there. sing that in the Kojic Church. Oh, whatever. <laughs>
But we we sing this song sometimes up, sometimes down, all sometimes almost level to the ground. You're supposed to be all the way up. Why? Because Jesus has made you more than a conqueror. And it's just like this. My friend, Crystal Robinson, we was talking on the phone yesterday. And this is what Crystal said to me. She said, I I put a post up and I said, "Um, you know, I hate when people say I'd rather have Jesus than silver and gold because it's never a choice that God has asked us to make. God never asked us to make that choice. I hate when somebody says, well, I'd rather be healthy than wealthy. Well, yeah, but wealth can help maintain your health. And so she said she was listening to the song and she said, I got so convicted. And she said, what am I going to do now? I said, you got to change the words. Mm-hmm. She said, well, what can I change the words to? You can change the words to I'm going to have Jesus and silver and gold. <laughs> right. I'm going to have Jesus <laughs> right. and silver and gold. Right. You can rewrite the songs when they don't work. And sadly for us, I say this all the time. Many times as a born-again believer, it's actually easier to listen to secular music because as a born-again believer, you actually know you should put your guard up with born with secular music. Mm. You know that you should pay attention to something and go, oh, no, that doesn't go with God. But the challenge with a lot of gospel music and a lot of preaching that we hear is that especially for the black church, when we get in the rhythm of the music, when we get in the cadence of the preaching, we allow our emotions to get pulled in. And now we co-signing with something that God didn't even say. Mm -hmm. So now we're saying, I'd rather have Jesus than silver and gold. And he like, who asked you? I said that I would I would give you all things that you need for Um, for faith and godliness, for life and godliness. And so we want to be aware because if we don't make this shift, then what happens is now we out here screaming the name of Jesus real loud, Mm -hmm. but we don't have any connection to the Jesus behind Mm -hmm. it. And you know, this is true because there are people who are atheists, people who don't even prescribe to God, but the planes start going down. They start calling on God and Jesus. They don't have no faith in that. They don't have any faith in his name. They're just calling on it because it's familiar. Mm. You don't want to just be calling because he's familiar. You want to put your faith that God is who he says he is. So point 10, point 10, and we're done. You are qualified. Yes, I am. To use his name. Only. Only if you are born again believer. I'm qualified. And I know that in this new dispensation we live in, that we are really trying not to be offensive to anybody else. And I don't want to be offended to you anyway, but I, I want you to understand this. According to this Bible that we believe, this Bible that we believe, if you just believe Jesus is a good man, if you just believe Jesus is a historical character, if you just believe Jesus was a good prophet, that ain't what this is. Mm-mm. What this is, is I believe that Jesus was the appropriation for my sin, meaning that I was a sinner in need of saving who have been separated from God because of the actions of Adam and Eve that I needed to be recreated in Christ Jesus and that Jesus came and lived a sinless life, born of a virgin, died on the cross for my sins, went to hell, got the keys, came up. If you don't believe that, you're not born again. Mm -hmm. I'm this qualified. A, this ain't no good man stuff here. I'm qualified. This ain't no he was a prophet stuff. I believe all that. This ain't no he was a good person like Gandhi. This ain't that. We believe that he is mm-hmm. Lord. Yes. He is Lord. With not this Mary baby. Mm-hmm. Not this. The son of God. The son of the living God. The son God. of the living God. Jesus the Christ. The anointed one and his anointing. So you may have been in church a long time and you're like, oh, I think Jesus cool. Jesus seemed real cool. That don't make you say, do right. you know him as Savior? Mm-hmm. Have you confessed that you needed Savior? 
the saving and that he is the savior. I know people say- And then are you committed for, to him being Lord? Committed to him being Lord. Because I think Lord. a lot of people have accepted him as savior, but we're going, we're going for, we, we're going for the double. We want him to be Lord and savior. We want him to be Lord and savior in your life. Because if you don't, everything we've talked about these last three weeks sounds good and, and it can be uh, inspirational, but it won't become revelation. And if it doesn't become revelation, then you won't put it into implementation. And if you don't put it into implementation, then you cannot ever have manifestation. And it's important that you understand that what we're saying here is that you got to be born again. You got to. And be then when you are again. born again, you got to be committed to learning to do it God's way. And in that process, you know, you don't have to wait till you get the pinnacle of knowing everything. There's power in his name at every level. At every There's level. power in his name at every level. And you just got to be dedicated to doing it. Amen. Somebody just said I'm qualified. And if I wasn't, I, if I wasn't, I am after this message. So we don't want to take this for granted. If you want to give your life to Jesus today, there are always two things we're praying. Three things, really. We're going to say, give your life to Jesus. Yep. If you know you're in a backslidden state, come back. Mm -hmm. If you know you in a listen, I want you to hear me. Grace and if mercy is a beautiful thing, but let me tell you something. You will never live your best life playing with sin. Nope. You just won't. I don't sin care who you are. will always do you in. If sin will do you in. <laughs> the old saints used to say, and the problem with sin is that it'll take you further than you want to go mm -hmm. and hold you longer than longer you want to stay. stay. And so we want to invite you to get to know Jesus today, to so invite you him don't into your know life. Him, this is an opportunity. You can ask Jesus to come into your life and, and, and be the, the, the one who has already died for your sins, but that you accept and receive that. It's very easy. It's not difficult. It's to do. not difficult. And if you're, if you're in a backslidden state, meaning you living in sin, you, and, and, and let me tell you something about this. If you don't have conviction when you're sinning, you you need to come back to this thing because it because you ought to feel something on the inside of you. Oh, we go do the prayer, Becky. You know, we go pray this prayer of salvation. But we want to get everybody who want to come for the first time and some of y'all who want to come home. And then we want you to be filled with the Holy Spirit, because let me tell you what I don't know. I loved God for a lot of years, me too. but I couldn't live right because mm -hmm. I didn't have the power. I source. was like the Apostle Paul said, the thing that I would to do uh, was the thing I didn't do. And the thing that I would not to do is the thing I found myself doing. Paul said it was no more I, but it was the sin that worked in me. Yes. I loved God. I wanted to live for God, but I didn't deal with the sin issue because to deal with the sin issue, you have to give space to Holy Spirit. You have to give space to he Holy Spirit. He will deal with it. It's nothing you have to do. All we have to do literally is just give him permission and access and he'll destroy all that sin in our lives. And I think that this is an important thing to understand. And I always say this, especially if you grew up in a Baptist church where you felt like where they taught you that the Holy Ghost came on you. The Holy Spirit won't make you live right. No, he's a gentleman. The Holy Spirit won't make you take them them tweets down. He won't make you not do the busted challenge. He won't make you. He'll just speak to you about those things. The Holy Spirit is not a dictator. He's not a dictator. And so if you think, why are you laughing? <laughs> and if you think that getting the Holy Spirit, you're now going to have a dictator, you're still going to be disappointed because he's not going to dictate you. He's just going to keep instructing you, keep instructing you. You have to choose 
to obey. So we want to pray the prayer of salvation. Mm -hmm. We want to pray the prayer of repentance. And then we want to pray to be filled with the Holy Spirit. We're going to do all three of them together. And if you like me and Chris, you know, we about to pray this prayer no matter how many times we've done it. So listen, if you want to be, you want to get saved, here's the starting point. Say, Father God, in the name of Jesus. Father God, in the name of Jesus. I acknowledge. I acknowledge. That I need a savior. That I need a savior. And I believe. And I believe. That Jesus is it. That Jesus is it. I admit. I admit. That I am a sinner. That I am a sinner. Who needs to be saved. Who needs to be saved. And who needs to be reborn. And who needs to be reborn. I invite. I invite. The Lord Jesus Christ. The Lord Jesus Christ. To come into my life. To come into my life. And make my heart and make my heart his home his home i repent i repent for all of my sins for all of my sins knowing and unknown knowing and unknown cleanse me cleanse me and make me new and make me new and i want and i want to be filled to be filled with the holy spirit with the holy spirit i have no desire i have no desire to live this life to live this life based on willpower based on willpower holy spirit holy spirit come come and teach me and teach me how to live a powerful how to live a powerful life that is pleasing to life god life that is pleasing to god amen if amen. you get it you say filled amen. with the holy spirit listen and then you need to practice your prayer life and begin to ask God to give you some um, to speak in tongues. Why do you need to speak in tongues? Because you don't know everything in English mm -hmm. God want to do for you. And if you believe that God can um, um, bring a virgin, a baby so that you can be saved, you can certainly believe that God can give you a language that you did not learn. Mm -hmm. Amen. Amen. Now, if you want to be a partner of Fellowship of Champions, because we global, baby. Mm -hmm. If you want to be a part of this global ministry that we going over teaching the whole world, teaching the whole world that you can walk in love, you can live by faith, you can experience God's prosperity. Can I be a partner even if I go to church somewhere else? Yes, yes. you can be a partner somewhere else. Yes. But some of you, y'all don't have a church home. You don't have a church home. You haven't been in you church. You haven't connected. You haven't connected. And you out here running around talking about, um, you know what? Well, I really like Jesus, but I don't really fool with his people. Well, you better find some of his people to fool with because the Bible says we are better together and we are one body with many parts. Mm -hmm. And so you need to find a place and get plugged in. And so if you want to be a partner of Fellowship of Champions, then you can fill out the partnership form. And then this week you will get an invitation to the private group and you'll be able to um, come and be a part. This is a great church. A great and let church. me tell you something. A growing was, church. It's a growing church. I was on the phone with one of my good friends, one of my best friends from law school. And he was saying, well, I want y'all to know that I'm a partner. I said, have you run that partnership <laughs> fund, that, that partnership form. form? And he was like, well, I got to fill that out. I said, we don't make no assumptions about who we go with. Now, if you go with us, you need to fill on out this little form. And then Elwin, because he really liked him, he was like, I'll fill out your form for you. I said, no, you won't. Everybody go fill out their own form. If you want to be in a relationship with us, if you want to be a part of FOC, then fill out the form. All right. So this is a great week. Yep. We believe in God for your five to one acceleration. Amen. We're believing God that you're going to step into the power of God and there are things going to be broken off of your life. Even today, we are believing God that you're going to walk in greater levels of wisdom. Mm -hmm. greater levels of wisdom that is what god would do in your situation mm -hmm. and so and we just and it's your opportunity to give it is it's something supernatural happens when you it's give. your opportunity to give and fellowship of champions is good ground we got scholarship funds and i just want to say this let me tell y'all how great pastor edwin is so if you know anything about the scholarship fund you know that in order to keep your scholarship you have to make a three point each semester 
And now the great thing about our scholarship fund, because we consider that many students are first generation students and we know some of those things with students of color, is that let's say if you if you made a three point the first semester, but then you didn't make a three point the second semester, you get the scholarship the first semester, you don't get the scholarship the second semester. But if you come back and make a three point because it's not your cumulative, it's each semester, you can get the scholarship back. Well, we had several of our students who really struggled with online school. They were freshmen. Mm -hmm. And so they didn't qualify for the scholarship. And so Pastor Chris and Pastor Ralph and Pastor Edwin and I talked about it. And we were like, let's go ahead and give these kids, let's extend some grace and mercy to them. They've never been in a world where they had to go to school online. They th th That's not what they thought college was gonna be. And so even the kids who didn't meet the grade requirement, for this 2021 spring semester, they experienced the grace of God through Pastor Elwin and Fellowship of Champions Scholarship Fund, and they still got their scholarship money. Now, y'all ought to give God praise for that. And that's a great testimony to those kids to see. There are going to be some times where you may not do everything right, but God will extend mercy. But what we said to them is this. You don't always want to be in that state where you need that mercy extended. So mercy has been extended to them. Mm -hmm. Mercy's been extended to all of us. They're going to come back this semester and make good grades. We go live right. Yeah. Why? So we're not always in a situation where we need the mercy just to make it. And so, listen, y'all, this is the kind of church we go to. Mm -hmm. That's kind of church that says, listen, these kids are in a new season. Nobody's ever had to start school as freshmen like this before. Well, and some of them actually went to school and they had to come home and then their professors wasn't responding. They could I mean, it was, I've talked to every single one of them who we extended that, uh, that grace, that deferment for, uh, and just simply, and I, I listened to their stories. I tell, I asked them to, to tell me what happened, you know, cause some of them, and then some of them were close. They were like a two, eight instead of a three. And it was just like, you know, I, I didn't, I, I didn't get the support. I wasn't used to this. It, I, I didn't, I didn't, understand and, and, and you know i'm not an online person when it comes to 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 college i've never taken online classes you know you got a whole degree through it but if that's new to you and, and you're a freshman and most of them were some of them not all of them some of them were first time first generation college students uh we just felt like it was it was important to do that uh and after after talking with you and pastor chris pastor ralph um you know because sometimes i can be very type a you know like you didn't make a three point that's that's on you come back next semester do it better and i was like no you're right we need to extend them that grace and so we've done that uh we've issued those checks they, they should have them already and and, we're, and i've talked to them and encouraged them and just told them if you need help reach out you know uh to your to your, to other people in the ministry to you but we wanted we didn't want that to to, to be a deterrent since it was such a new uh, experience for so many people. And that's the kind of church you're a part of. Yeah. The kind, that's the kind of church you are a part of. And so it's your opportunity to give. You can you can give through Tithely, Giveify, you can text to give, you can push pay, you can set aside a certain amount for scholarships. Let me tell you something. You can do recurring giving so you can click it and forget it. We've got more and more people who are doing that. They just do, they go in, they set it up for the, when they want it to come out, they put it on, they click the recurring giving and it just, it just, it just, they just, they just do it automatically. And I want to say this too, because I think that this is important for people to know. In addition to all of the people we have helped financially, right? Mm -hmm. We have kept on. We have been out of church almost a year. Almost. And everybody who was getting paid from this church yep. is still getting paid. And that's because of your faithful yep. giving. Yep. Yep. 
every person yep. because even though we're not meeting people are still doing their jobs people the people still come the lady still comes and cleans the church every week mm -hmm. why because you wouldn't want the church not to be clean for a year all of those things are able to keep going because of your faithful giving and what i'm declaring over to you today is that everything that you are making happen for foc with your generous giving that god would do it for you yeah yeah. That because of what you do that keeps the rent paid, that what you do that keeps the lights on, that what you do that keeps the people on staff on staff because of what you do that allows us to be um, a, be a blessing to others in need. We declare that that harvest is coming to you. There is no lack in your life. Amen. And if you are a giver of this ministry, especially if you are a tither, every time it looks like lack, I want you to remember what you partner with and what you continue to keep going to FOC. And we declare it won't even look like lack for you. Amen. It won't even look Amen. like Amen. lack. You'll be, you'll live in such abundance. It won't even look like lack. Amen. 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 All right. All right. So shameless plug before I go, uh, I just want to remind you, I am doing or tell you for some of you, some of you have already signed up that I am going to be doing a masterclass on March the 13th. It's called No More Excuses. Uh, and you can register for that. The registration link is already up. Some of you, you really want to register for the class. I'm telling you. And I could, I know it's not just like a, a preaching thing. We're going to talk about the things that you need to do so that you can stop making excuses so you can move forward. Uh, it's going to be 90 minutes. It's going to be on a Saturday morning, March the 13th at 9.30 a.m. Central Standard Time. Registration is open. Uh, I'll drop the uh, the link right here uh, in the comment section. Uh, so those of you who want to register, you can do so today. Um, it's going to be a blessing. Several people have already uh, signed up and uh, it's going to be recorded. So if you, if you want it, but you can't do it at 9.30, sign up and you'll get the recording. And it's twenty five dollars. I wouldn't even go mention the price because you ought to just want to sign up and invest in yourself. But it's only twenty five dollars. I think there's I think it's twenty eight something because of the fee. They, the fee. It's but less it's than worth thirty dollars. It. It. I promise you, you want to sign up. There is limited seating. It is limited seating. Uh, I, uh, there's only 100 seats available. And I think the last time I looked, 35 seats were already gone. So uh, by the time you you see this. And people sign up today in the next couple of days. It may be full. If it gets full and I need to do another session, I'll consider it. Uh, but don't delay. Don't wait to the last minute. Uh, I know a lot of people wait to the last minute and try to register. Don't do that. Register now. Uh, you'll get the PowerPoint and everything that comes along with that uh, in order for you to be able to sign up. No more excuses. I'm so proud of yep. you, baby. It's going to be a great class. It's going to be a great class. You know, this is a new season. This is the last thing I'm going to say. It's a really new season, guys. And don't be afraid to use what's in your hand. Yep. There are so God wants to give us streams of income, streams of income. Use what's in your hand. Use your knowledge, whether that's baking, whether that's, you know, whether that's teaching a class. He want, you got to use what's in your hand. And one of the things I just know from building a business, the Bible says, if you faithful over little, he will make you ruler over much. I am not a person who believes that everybody is called to be an entrepreneur. Yep. I am not. I do believe everybody ought to have streams of income. Yes. Everybody ought to have streams of income. If you got an interest in real estate, now's the time. Yeah. If you got an interest in understanding the stock market, now's the time. If you want to try and see if you can get your cookie business off the ground, now's the time. This is the time. Stop making excuses. Stop making excuses. And if you've excuses. been making excuses, I'm going to tell you, you want to sign up for this class. I'm so telling we love you. you. We're sign up for his class. I'm going to sponsor a few people. 
Let them sign. Okay, that's fine. That's fine. No, I'm gonna pick the people I'm gonna okay, sponsor. Okay. I'm gonna All sponsor right. a few okay. people for this class um, because I got some great students in my program that I think would benefit from what you're teaching. Man, we just love you guys so much. We're declaring health and wholeness over you. We are declaring that this is a year of no lack, no more drop places yeah. over you. We are declaring that no weapon formed against you shall prosper. And we are declaring that this is a year that you will live holy and righteous mm -hmm. before the Lord. Mm -hmm. We love y'all. Have an amazing, amazing day. See you at Strategies for Success. See you at prayer. See you at partnership class. Get your kids in Ignite. Get your littles watching the videos and see you next Sunday. Have an amazing week on purpose. Amen. God bless y'all. Have a great day.